Hey now, and welcome to the City Off Campus podcast with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarland. Before we get into the podcast today, we're, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We're super pumped about it. We have a lot to talk about. But before we get into it, just have to talk about good pods. Pre-Super Bowl, when you're getting hyped, if you have to go for a quick workout, go pick up snacks, go pick up the pizza, whatever for the Super Bowl, Go download Good Pods. Go listen to a podcast. Go check us out on there. Follow me at Sammy Sommerfeld. Follow Jack at Jack McFarland. And go listen to some Good Pods. Send us some recommendations. We'll send you some of ours. And we'd love to hear from you on there. Now, Jack, Super Bowl Sunday. Got the field in the background. Who do you pick? What's your score prediction? I've been thinking about it all week. And I had the thought that if I wait until the last second, maybe it'll come to me and I'll have the correct prediction well it hasn't come to me but part of part part of me thinks it is too good to be true that the Chiefs are here playing again I my heart says like Tom and Tampa have a really good chance the Chiefs are missing both of their starting tackles that's an issue um but it's I mean it's Patrick Mahomes it's I, I don't know how like Patrick Mahomes is becoming that that Tom Brady for me and maybe like what LeBron is where you start denying how great he is. And then it's like, you know, at some point you have to just let go and just say, hey, he's really fucking good. That's how I am with Mahomes right now. I think he's really, really, really good. And I think this is like the perfect passing of the torch for the league. I think Brady loses this game and I could see like Brady leaving, go leave, just retiring. I I don't know why. I don't see how, like, I, I really just see this is Brady's last year. I don't know why, but I don't see how he could come back if he wins or loses. Like, it just feels like this is such a good conclusion to everything, all things considered. My my prediction, I'm going to I'm gonna go KC. I don't think this is going to be a higher scoring game, personally. Oh, I think it's going to be super high scoring. I don't. I think it. I think they're going to keep it under like fifty-five, like the combined total. I don't know what the what the total or what the score will be, but I think I do think it'll be a little a little lower scoring. Okay, so I'll give my score prediction. You can give yours after. So first off, the first thing I look at since I've been an Iowa student is I look at how many Hawks are in the Super Bowl when the Bears aren't in it. It's tied 2-2, so it's a very even matchup there, okay? But then I thought about, so I've been a big Tom Brady guy for the last 10 years, I'd say. It was the giant years I, I, I rooted against the Patriots, and then I just, it was like the Pat Mahomes thing. Like, I denied how good Brady was, and then eventually I just gave in. I'm like, that's greatness. I got to support a dynasty. Like, it's too good. And that Falcons game, everybody hated on Brady. I was rooting for him. And when that happened, that sold me. So first off, I have to make my announcement. I'm on the Tampa Bay train, repping the TV 12 today. But the way I look at it is I was talking to my brother last night about the goats in each sport. You think about baseball, there isn't really a clearly defined goat. Like the people, you know, you talk about like the only like clearly defined positional goat in baseball is Mariana Rivera as the best relief pitcher of all time. But you look at home runs, people say Hank Aaron, people say it would be Barry Bonds without the steroid stuff. Like it's very wishy-washy and there's no clear thing. You go over to basketball and it's just, you know, 
LeBron Jordan. Like that just goes back and forth all day. And, you know, it's always going to be hard for one of them to be clearly defined because everybody has their different metrics on how they define them. But then you go to football and you look at Brady and you're just like, he's done everything now. Joe Montana went to the chiefs, didn't win a super bowl. Okay. He won four chips, whatever. Like, you know, he was the go for the longest time as a quarterback. You look at Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, was the most talented player of that era, in my opinion, between Brady, Roethlisberger, Eli, whoever. But Brady, after I think after the Falcons one, it was just or the Seahawks one, even just surpassed Manning, like no question. And then you look at Brady now; he's going to the Super Bowl with a second team in his twentieth, twenty-first year in the NFL. Now, keep in mind, this is the way I look at it: he's in retirement mode right now. Like this is him slowing down by going to South Florida, like what all old people do. He has more weapons than ever to make it easy. I played with Tampa on Madden the other day. I did a franchise with them. First year went to the Super Bowl because I could just drop it off to AB, flick, flick it to Gronk. Oh, OJ Howard over here. Oh, Cameron Bray, Bray, you're the third option tight end. You can catch a few balls, go deep to Mike Evans, give it a guy. Like unreal offense where it's just like Brady has the arm to you know throw it across the field to those guys but doesn't even have to like put in the effort that he had put in last year where he literally had scraps he had scraps of an offense last year and still went to the you know playoffs so i look at it as like tom has so many good years left where he can just chill and win games that for him my hot take now is i think he plays beyond 45 with this o-line and like with this team i think he can play to 47 and even play to 50, possibly. I don't think it will happen. But my hot take is maybe 50 if he wants to play another, you know, couple years. But when you look at this team and you look – so here's my thing with the Chiefs. You said before the tackles, they're out. The other thing is with everything going on with Andy Reid's son as a little disruption, Papa Reid might be a little, you know – has a lot going on in his mind, wondering what's going to happen with his son. I think from a coaching standpoint, even though Eric Bannemi like is a great coach and will handle the offense, you can't say that can affect a locker room when one of you know the guys who's been there longer than almost all the players, like the longest tenured players have been there since 2013. And so like, you know, the reads have been there just as long or they might've come 2012, something like that. So like nobody's been around longer than them. So it's like, I think that impacts them. I think the other thing is like Tampa didn't have to travel for this game. Like, you know, they're only traveling to like a day or two before the game. So Tampa has been chilling at home, not having to adjust in any way of playing their home facility, whatever. So I think that's a bit of an advantage. And then also too, you know, people aren't giving this as a real thought because of how Mahomes played in that championship game, but he has turf toe that's getting operated on after the season. And I think he still is an offensive beast during the game, but to not say it slows him down at all. I can't say that. So I'm going Tampa over the chiefs and my score prediction. I think it's going to be high scoring. Cause I think even if Mahomes has to make plays out of the pocket, I think they're still scoring touchdowns because of, you know, the weakness on that bucks team, even though Jordan Whitehead's played well and stuff is that secondary. So I think Tyreek Hill could completely, you know, tear him up with his speed and all that type of stuff. But I take him 46, 38 bucks, get a home Super Bowl. Tom gets seven and Tom would be the first real athlete, in my opinion, in a sport where it's like undeniable goat. And it also too, for debates, I love it because then you can say he won one without bill. 
you he played against Pat Mahomes, a young Pat Mahomes, and beat him, which I think is huge. So for the resume where he beat him, he beat Peyton in the AFC championships. Like Peyton has a, I mean, Brady has a resume of beating like everybody where it just gets to a point where it's like, okay, like even if Mahomes goes on and wins six more, like Brady beat him though. So that still gives Brady a little bit of the edge in the argument. So I take him 46, 38. Yeah. I think I'll put mine. Like we'll take it chiefs. Uh, I think I'll go like 20, 24, 27 to 23. I think it'll be a one, I think it'll be a one score game, but I personally just, I don't, I don't see how these two teams go flying at it. Like, like they did their first matchup. I think, I think, I think, I think the chiefs defense has been raising their level the past two years in the postseason. They're going to play well. It's just, can, can Brady get the ball out and can he like, not get pressured up the middle and that's that's his big thing brady can't move and if he can get any sort of pressure in his face it's going to be an issue so and we'll see my my biggest debate with sam 46 to 38 is brady doesn't have high scoring super bowls like that's been his resume and i normally would never predict him scoring this much but when you just look at he has a b he has Mike Evans. He he has so many weapons with, you know, the running backs with Jones, Fournette, even if McCoy plays a down or two, like that's a great third string guy to have. So like, it's just, he has so many weapons that you've seen what he's done in playoff games without weapons with Julian Edelman being his best go-to guy that his best go-to guys include AB, who is the best wide receiver in the league for years that I just, I, I, I just I just can't bet against that offense. You know, I think about, you know, the honey badger on that defense and Christian like they have great players. But the other thing I thought about is they feed off of Pat Mahomes. Like if you've ever listened to like the sound bites and stuff from the NFL games this year, they always keep saying we've got 15 like he's going to care like all this stuff. And they believe in Pat Mahomes. And with him having the toe injury, I'm just like if he doesn't perform up to Mahomes level in terms of matching Brady's score for score could there be a little bit of a fall off there if the defense has to carry them to a Super Bowl because that's not what their team is so then going into the game let's um talk about the most important specifics of the game if the Bucks win what do you guess the or or what do you guess the Gatorade color is so I did a little research last year it was orange yeah when the Broncos wanted it was orange when the Seahawks beat the Broncos, it was orange. Every other time, there hasn't been red included in the Super Bowl, so there hasn't been red Gatorade, but I think it's orange. It, it It's either orange or red, and I don't know how it could be anything else. Okay, so I, I've i kind of thought a little too deep into this. I think Bucks is orange for sure, no doubt. I think even just team colors-wise, I just think it's orange, and you know, obviously going into last year and everything too, but – the other thing is, I think with the Chiefs, my hot take with the Chiefs this year is they got orange last year. I think they get yellow this year. That's my guess, is yellow. It's weird. They have a um, thing I'm reading right here. It says odds makers all have also set odds on just clear Gatorade. Maybe it's going to be clear. And I didn't think about that because Super Bowl 39 to 42 for four straight years, there was clear Gatorade. What? Mm. Like, Never, ever have I ever heard of that. That would yeah. be an absolute curveball if they had clear Gatorade. Yeah. And then next question, coin toss. Who do you think 
wins the coin toss? Is it heads or tails? Uh, tails. Okay. I I don't I, I got see heads. It. I, I, got heads, I always go I always go heads whenever I play a video game, but in real life just say tails because screw it. Roll with the age old tails never fails. It will never fail until it fails. Um, I take his heads chiefs. I don't yeah, I don't I I don't know. I think whoever wins is gonna defer. If the Chiefs get mm-hmm. it, they'll receive, but if the if Tampa gets it, they'll defer to the second half. Um I think one of my prop bets that I took was I took Anthony Sherman, the fullback, to score a touchdown, touchdown. for the Chiefs. And I, I got like that. Unbelievable odds on that. Unbelievable odds. And I what think up? he will score. It's it was I think I had plus eight fifty on it. Okay. Unreal. Yeah. And I, I do think he's going to score. I of course I'm saying yeah. that, but he didn't score last year, right? Uh I don't think so. No. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna give him the rock. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. But the other idea I had was this is Brady's second Super Bowl matchup against Andy Reid. So if he wins and goes 2-0 versus Andy, is there a nickname we could give him for beating Andy Reid? Like make like some type of veggie burger joke, like, you know, takes a break off the veggie burger, dives into the burger, like, and you know, it just like eats up Andy in the Super Bowl. Like we have to come up with something good on him being an Andy Reid killer. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> An Andy Reid killer. That is, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> hey, he crushes Andy Reid's dreams. Like the thing that, that like is so interesting about this matchup, and you know, people compare it to LeBron and Jordan, and I think in some ways it is, some ways it isn't. Um, a good comparison, but never again will we really have this type of matchup where there's a guy who's so evidently good at three, four years into his career and a guy who has a track record of undeniably being the best quarterback in NFL history at this point, that there's even an idea that a guy can surpass him right now. So like with this storyline, like if Brady loses and Patrick Mahomes only wins three chips, let's say, but he breaks every NFL record in touchdown yards, whatever, do you believe Mahomes should be titled the GOAT? Oh, I think he's already in the discussion. Now, the fact that this this guy's, I mean, he was a game away from making the Super Bowl, lost to Brady in a very controversial game that, thanks to D. Ford, they shit the game away. Um, so he could have been going to his third in a row right now had it not been for that offsides. He he is like he is without a doubt. I think one thing that needs to go your way in order to be the goat, especially in football is there there can there cannot be astronomical expectations for you when you come into the league you always it seems like when you when you look at someone like Brady Breeze Mahomes um they didn't come in and people weren't like holy shit they're going to be the next thing they were like we have our doubts like, yeah. it's no one's the only people that the only prospects that people say are like legit the best quarterbacks they've ever seen with their eyes are Andrew Luck and, and Trevor yeah. Lawrence and Andrew Luck got out of football early. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, his expectations are through the roof. I don't think he'll live up to him. He's unreal. I don't think he will. But I'd say Peyton Manning was the other one too. And John Elway. John Elway, Peyton Manning. Well John Elway, John Elway from the from the jump was like Mr. America, look at me. I play baseball, football. I'm gonna choose what I want to do. Yeah. And like that was that was very I mean 
it would be respected nowadays, but back then people were shit on Elway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you if Elway did that today, it would be. Well, Kyler did it. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I I do think he's right there. I think he's the thing. Well, going off of that, though, one thing that I was talking about with somebody yesterday is it's amazing to think about which players, if they would have been drafted to a different team, what could have happened in their careers? Like one of one of the ones my friend said was Aaron Rodgers which I don't really agree with just because Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith were basically neck and neck it just came down to draft position and Alex Smith had so much hype around him and everything that the 49 and the 49ers were such a bad organization I don't really want to say that like Aaron like Aaron Rodgers would have been in a different situation as Alex Smith but you look at like Breeze, who like let's just say if he ended up going to the Dolphins instead of New Orleans with Nick Saban, what the hell would have happened? You think about um Brady, like imagine if Brady went to you know went to the Colts as a backup, let's just say, like got drafted in the sixth round by the Colts, like they already had Manning, like they're gonna be like, oh sorry, like we don't need you or you're our backup, that's it. Like there's so many guys that didn't have the hype around them that got drafted later at weird spots where like. If it wasn't for a few lucky breaks, we would have never had those guys, which is crazy to think about. Like, you know, people talked about with Pat Mahomes, like there was talk the other day buzzing around on um, sports news stuff and Twitter that like the Saints would have picked him. Like, imagine if there would have been this talk now, like if the Saints picked him at 12 or 13, he would have sat behind Drew. Then Drew Brees is always contemplating retirement and stuff. Would it have been a far Rogers situation? where Mahomes is lighting it up in practice, like what they did with Alex Smith, where they traded him and people thought they were crazy for trading a near MVP that year to um, Washington, but they knew what they had in Mahomes. Could the Saints have moved on like that from Breeze? Mm, I like that. That is a that is a good like food for thought kind of thing to think right. about. I never thought about it like that one thing i do think though like going along the lines of hypothetical scenarios is if mahomes did by chance ever get drafted by the bears i i've heard the take by big cat that mahomes would have found a way to get hit by a bus or the bus would have found a way to hit him there's no way that bears fans would have had any anything good yeah no i we're not allowed it when when bears fans say we could have gotten mahomes i say that's bs he would have gotten hit by a bus we wouldn't have had him the one thing I would have said, and that, and you know, keep in mind, Jay was already gone, and I'm not saying a Jay color comparison, but what I'm saying is, the Bears' offensive system when Jay was there would have been a good fit with Mahomes, with how you know Jay was a gunslinger just like Pat. Where I think if they would have had a system in place where we just basically said, okay, we want a guy who's a gunslinger like Jay here, we bring in Pat. I think something could have been done. I don't think it would have been the magnitude that Pat Mahomes is now. But I think he still would have been a decent guy for us. But I think if it would have been like the Mike Glennon system and we're going to throw Pat Mahomes in here, it would have been disastrous. It just wouldn't have been the same type of thing. But the thing is, too, is like. I want to transition that into some of the Bears rumors right now is like, you know, Bears fans talking about Pat Mahomes, whatever, like. Ryan Pace is just a moron. Like, I just want to put that out there. Like, he is a moron at this point. Like, I have no respect for him. Like, I do not like him at all. I want him out. He is looking to replace Mitchell Trubisky, which every Bears fan is basically for at this point, for Carson Wentz, which 
if you've seen those trade rumors, Tariq Cohen tweeted out yesterday, talked to the staff and everything. He's all good. He's not getting moved in the deal, but the original talk was a first rounder. He Tariq doesn't Cohen know. He doesn't Foles. know. But, I, but the thing to me is I'm like, it's Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. If they want to move him, he's gone. And they're just talking about that right now because they're in a bidding war with a few other teams. But out of all the quarterbacks out there that you could give a first rounder up for, you go for Wentz, who's injury riddled with stuff. Like my thing is, I didn't hate on Wentz until this season only because of the fact that I saw what he did in 2017 and he was such a great player until he got hurt. Like he was going to have an MVP year at that point, you know, 13 games in or whatever. He was playing really well. And then I almost looked at it as like a Derrick Rose situation where he got hurt and the team still did well because it's football. So you don't need that one guy sometimes to, you know, continue on, but he just never bounced back yet. And the people were waiting for that. This was the year for him to do it. And he flopped like absolutely flopped. And he turned into Mitch with the whining and complaining and whatever. So the bears now want to bring that guy into the building on you know, a heavy contract. The the one thing I'll say to that is he had like, they had the most offensive line combinations in the league. They had the most sacks. Look at the bears O line. The Bears O-line played a lot better than the Eagles O-line. Yeah, but it's still not great. It's not great, but the Eagles the Eagles were down to like practice squad guys starting for multiple weeks. The Bears, they had Rashad Coward in there based on stupid personnel decision on Nagy. They had the Bears have decent undrafted guys that we put in. Bars Mustafer. That's fine. Once his best receiver this year was Greg Ward Jr. converted quarterback from Houston. I don't like I don't like the argument that Wentz was shit this year when his whole team was shit. Like Wentz was the Eagles were bad. And but would you want the Bears to be locked into a contract that he has at this point? I'll say I'll say this. If the Bears give up a one, Nick Foles, and you sprinkle whatever the fuck else in there, and you get Carson Wentz, there's in my eyes, no way the Eagles can't just give you once. They need to give you something else because right. of that contract. And that's something the Bears need. They need middle round picks. They don't need a first rounder. If if we're being for real, we, we go take a tackle with the first rounder. That's fine. Okay. Or we could go strike quarterback. That's fine. If you're going to tell me that the Bears can get a quarterback that played at an MVP level with a competent coaching staff and, and offense, okay, we put him in the Bears, we have a, a contract on him, and you give us once with, I don't know, a second, a third, a fourth, I don't know what the hell, but those picks, Ryan Pace has proved that he can make those picks, flip them to something worthwhile. And the, look, like the Bears, we say it every year, they're like a one piece here, they're away. They're really not. And I don't think moving like four wins is the right move. Right. But, but, but it's easy for us to react to speculation without seeing the full trade details. Until we see the full details, if it goes through, I, I say jury's out. I refuse to, to say Pace is an idiot, but it, they have to be getting something good in return. Here, there is no my- way they're able to trade Wentz, incur that penalty, and like, just give him up scot free and get a first. Like he, we saw, we saw what the Rams had to give up to move Goff, and not to say Wentz and Goff are comparable in any sense. They're different players, but same draft, quarterbacks with huge contracts. 
obviously you need to put a, a tag something on the trade in order for him to be moved. I think the Bears will get something back, and that's what they need. The Bears do not have oh, I agree, middle round picks, and I'm I'm glad because they can get a lot of depth if they do that. Here's what I say about Pace being a moron. I think he's a great scout, and that's where I give him credit. Like I think he was director of scouting or personnel or something for the Saints, and that's mm-hmm. when we brought him in. I think if he was in that role for the Bears, he would be electric, would be praised, would be beloved in that position in the front office. I think as a GM, he makes a lot of empty moves where he makes noise. And, you know, as Bears fans, we want some noise moves. Like, we didn't get that for a while. I think the last real noise move we made was Jay. Like, before, you know, in like, seriously, in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, before Pace came along, what other moves were made besides getting rid of guys like Hester Tillman, Peppers. Like, Peppers probably was actually the last big move. That was Peppers or Jared Allen, I'd say, actually. But you then look at what he's done. Like he signed Robert Quinn, got Cleo Mack, which was a great addition to the defense. But, you know, despite that, the defense has never lived up to what it should have been still. And, you know, obviously we had that one great year and, you know, everything happened in the playoffs. But since then, like it hasn't been as good. It's fallen off. I think part of that has been because Vic Fangio left and he was a defensive mastermind. Um, but you look at, you know, the Foles move, you look at, you know, just all those types of moves where to me, they're just empty moves. Like they're just empty moves. Like what are these big contracts or these big trades going to do for us? If we're not winning games, they're to keep the fans satisfied in the off season, get, you know, buy tickets, buy NFL Sunday ticket, whatever, watch the games. And then we go eight and eight or close to eight and eight. And I'm just like, that's not, that's not worth it. I'm like, I'd rather like us either be, fully contending or in a full rebuild, to be honest, because I'm just kind of over being mediocre. Yeah. And one, one thing that I've said might need a change in the organization is Ted Phillips being one of the evaluators on, on like football and like where the, the organization is. The guy has no sports football experience. He's a lawyer. Like he has no, so how is he able to accurately like, show where like the bears are he doesn't fucking know he's never been on a football team i think one any of that i think one problem with the whole phillips thing too and the mccaskies being owners is the bears are such a stagnant organization where they don't innovate like they're not on the forefront of you know they renovated house hall a few years ago whatever but they're not the organization you know they're the oldest organization in professional football the bears george hallis basically created the nfl like, we should be the team that's always innovating, always spending. Like, we should be, like, a Yankee-like team in the NFL. That's what we should be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously our defenses have that reputation of being one of the best defenses in the league, but we're also known for a shitty offense. Like, when comes the time, like, a few organizations have done this in the past in other sports too, where they just say, you know what? screw our old reputation and the history of being a defensive based team, whatever we're going full offense here. Like we're changing this thing around and the bears tried it with like the Tressman hire and things like that, but that just didn't work. They just need a guy like, you know, I'm not a big cliff Kingsbury fan, but they need a guy like him where he's just a known offensive guy, a Sean McVay, something like that. Matt LaFleur, where it's just like, we're bringing in offense. Like they tried doing it with Matt Nagy, but he had Mitch Trubisky like, we need a guy who's just all offense. I don't care who we need, but we're going after offense. 
Yeah, like you said, we are we are we are caught in a purgatory of of just being average, mm-hmm. and it, it's very annoying. But that that's that's what being a Bears fan is like. Yep. And um, going off of that, I want to transition into the latest move, which you kind of touched on, which is the Jared Goff move to Detroit, where we're going to be welcoming him with open arms um, into the NFC North and Stafford's going out West. For me, a lot of people hated on the move for the Rams because they were like, why are you basically getting rid of any other picks you have in the next seven years and, you know, investing your entire franchise into Stafford. But to me, I loved the move. And the reason I love the move is ever since they moved out from St. Louis, they, you know, contended in a Super Bowl with golf, with that defense, like, you know, with Aaron Donald and some of those pieces, they invested in Aaron Donald and so many other players, Todd Gurley, all those moves in the past, you know, they invest in Cooper cup, uh, yeah, a few other people. I was going to say Brandon cooks, but he's not there. Um, and you look at what they've done since that Super Bowl run, which is nothing. And nobody is ever putting blame on Sean McVay because he's an offensive mastermind. And you just look at his assistants who have left, like Matt LaFleur, and, you know, he's won games. Like, you really can't. And you get a guy like Stafford who's had the arm talent, who is a leader, like, is a true NFL pro who just never had a chance to really compete, who's hungry for it like Sean is and has that football IQ. They are invested deep with Donald like they are invested with Jalen Ramsey they have investments on that team where it's just like if they don't win a Super Bowl or get to another it's like why are they even there like they invested with the Chargers on a new stadium like all this stuff is there there's so much money invested on this team that if they don't try to contend now they're going to be mediocre forever like you know at least the next 10 years so it's like might as well put all the chips on the table and do it and I love that I love that they did it. Yeah, the the Rams are they're boom or bust right now. It's either they win the Super Bowl or it was all for nothing. Like they gave up a, a king's ransom for Matthew Stafford. You traded a top twenty five quarterback for a top ten guy, top eight, I guess you could say. He's sick. He can do what McVay wants, but when it comes down to it, the Rams do not have depth. They have great starters. They are they are very they are built crazy similarly to the Bears. They have a lot of money poured into the defense. They have an offense that is systematically built to manage the game and and just run the offense in the scheme and don't do anything out of its norm, and it works. McVay has proven it works. But when you add a guy like Stafford and you give up a King's Ransom and you don't have your first-round pick for the past six years, you start backing into the territory that the Seahawks are in. Well, the Seahawks are able to trade away their first round picks because they've Russell Wilson. They they are legit. Rams are not legit. They and think DK they are. Now they, yeah, they, the Rams think they're legit, but in actuality, they're just a great team with a lot of investments. Like you said, like they have the Jalen Ramsey, the Aaron Donald. They have they have Darius Williams who came out yeah. of nowhere this year. John Johnson. Floyd um, played well too for them. Leonard. Leonard and another thing that really helped them was they they hired that Brandon Staley guy from the Bears, yeah. who is now the new head coach with the Chargers. When you hire a guy like that and you put him in a position like DC and you let him uh, grow, yeah, obviously your defense can be fucking sick. And they have really good defensive players. 
but their offense left room to be desired. And that's not on McVay. I think that's on personnel. I think their O-line is going to be battered next yeah, year. I agree. So, Especially uh, with Whitworth coming back after an injury. I, do, I don't even, I don't even know like if that guy, is, I don't even know if he can come back. Like that guy was, was broken at the end point being like, they have so much money tied into some really great players and it's, it's awesome. Those are great players to have, but at the, at the end of the day, you need depth, 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 depth. And that's something you don't have when you, you trade a lot of picks away to go get a Matt Stafford. That's fine. But, they do they do i do think they'll find themselves in like a very bare situation where they are without depth and they're lacking assets and they've already pulled all of their resources into five guys and you alluded to it they moved to LA from St. Louis what if like like what you just said what if they flop like what if this this little the four year window that they've had just flops and it's like, well, why'd they move? Like people like didn't ask for them to move, you know? Yeah. And now they, and now they got to share a stadium. Like people, people didn't want them to share a stadium if they didn't need to shit. Like they had it, they had it fine. They were the, yeah, the major were the sports team. team. Yeah. Like it was, I, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I, I truly don't see how there's any, there's more good than bad in this. You know? Yeah. No, I think the two things that, came down to everything for them is like they're already so invested in some of those pieces that if they don't go after it now they're missing the window entirely like you look at a guy like Aaron Donald who's you know a lock at first ballot hall of famer like defensive beast like you know even though in my opinion TJ Watt should have won I thought I thought he should have won defense player of the year because he led in every statistical category um but Aaron Donald is you know three-time MVP, I mean, three-time defensive player of the year, most all-time, tied for most all-time. Like, when you have a guy like that and you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey who's a lockdown corner, you just paid him, you gave him the bank, basically, for cornerbacks. Like, at that point, you just kind of have to say, like, if we don't go all in, we're, we're always going to wonder what could have been yeah, type of thing. And they didn't believe in Jared Goff, so it's like you can't have that guy running it because then the blame's always going to be if we had a different quarterback. You have a guy who's capable – it's basically now you got to go out and do something. And if you don't, your, your organization might be screwed for the next six to seven years. And they might be the Brooklyn Nets. That's the way I look at it is they did like a Brooklyn Nets type of move where it's like, we're all in now and this is it. But you also think about too, like with depth and not having draft picks, of course that's costly and it hurts your future. But at the same time, if you can find the right guys at cheaper rates, like veteran guys, whatever, depth can come if you have the starters in place. Like if you look at even the bears, like when you had, when we've had guys like Khalil Mack Jackson, like some of those pieces and they've just been mainstays on the defense where, you know, if they're healthy and we have to put a few people in here and there, when certain guys are hurt, our defense has still been functional compared to if a Donald goes down, you're just screwed. Like, you're just screwed. But if you have some pieces you can sprinkle in, you're okay. And obviously, like, if they have a loss like that, that does kill them in a lot of ways, too. But um, I think depth can be found if you scout right and if you, you know, can make some right moves. And they've done that. I think the Leonard Floyd move last year was, like, a great move. Like, or you look at um, Fowler, who they brought in from the Jags a few years back, or Ndamukong Sue, like, some of those pieces where they weren't who they used to be. 
or what, but they didn't have the expectations to be those guys. And I think they're very good at getting those type of plug and play guys. Yeah, I don't, I really don't like people, people sit here and say, oh my God, Rams are NFC like favorites for next year. I don't think so. I don't. No, I, I don't think, think I so think either. I think I think they're beyond flawed. I think they'll go nine and seven, ten and six. Like I seriously don't see that team being awesome. They're losing. Like I don't think they'll be able to pay Blythe the center, so he's yeah. walking. What Whitworth we just alluded to, he's eighty years old. He surgically repaired his leg with magic, and he somehow came back for the playoffs. Um, I don't even know anyone else on their O-line. Point being, they don't have anyone else because it's just not strong. That's where they have a guy like McVay who can come in and scheme their way around these deficiencies. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to scheme around the biggest deficiency, and it's the five guys in front when they need to be good. You can't really do a lot. You can't keep rolling out because you saw that's all the Bears did with Mitch, and teams finally found out, oh, all they do is run – play action rollouts when the run game is yeah. not working or whatever. And look, that's, we had to do it because it was Mitch, but I, I, I don't, I don't see the Rams being any good. I don't, I, my, I think that I, there's a big, big misconception that they're going to be sick. And I don't think they're going to be that sick. My prediction is they're mediocre in the regular season, make a wild card spot. And my guess is if they have the players in place and you know, this obviously depends on other NFC teams and how they play next year. But I could see them being, if they were to go on a Super Bowl run, them being like an Eli Manning Giants 2011 team where the offense yeah. is just okay. There are a few solid pieces you know, there, but they're not phenomenal. But the defense shows up. I think that's the type of team they'd be where they have a quarterback who can manage but make some of the throws. And that's what Stafford can do is make some of the throws that you need him to do. Jared Goff isn't that. And um, – that's where I see them, you know, I see that as their ceiling. And then my final question with the Rams and stuff is, when do you think it's a good idea to have a team relocate and make an investment in a new city? And when do you think a team shouldn't leave? Because there are always talks of certain teams leaving or, you know, expansion teams popping up like Seattle with basketball, bringing that back, you know, that city misses it. Um, Nashville with baseball and soccer and a few other sports and like, where do you think like with football where for the most part, most of those teams have been around those cities from 60s, 70s, like mainstays generations have been around those teams. You know, you look at the Rams and they moved around quite a bit. We're in St. Louis, which is a sports <laughs> city. When do you think it's like the right, dis- like with Oakland is another example. Like, do you think the Raiders should have moved and invested in the Las Vegas scene? Like, was that a good move? And like, compare that to like the Rams chargers, that type of stuff. I don't know about the Raiders. I I've heard a lot of people who were Raiders fans, not necessarily supporting that move. That was more of an ownership wanted to take them there. And that's whatever. I mean, they're in Vegas. I'm sure they'll grow fine in Vegas. Um, but with the LA Rams, like I don't, I never saw the need for them to leave LA. In St. Louis? Well, L.A. Oh, you mean L.A. originally? Yeah, like there really was no need for them to go to St. Louis. But then once they were there, they didn't need to leave. And they did. They pissed a lot of people off. And now they share a stadium with the Chargers. Chargers. I didn't didn't think that they needed to leave San Diego. No, I don't think so either. And and you come to that like, okay, they left. They all did their thing. But now they have SoFi Stadium. Is it worth it? Probably. But you need to have that stadium to make it worth it. If they had a, a shitty stadium, it, w- it would not have been worth it. But SoFi is 
groundbreaking trans it transcends everything we've seen in a stadium and it's like maybe it's worth it but that's the only thing that i will say is worth how it. worth it do you think it will be in the next one to two years with covid still lingering where they just oh. built this brand new stadium opened it like how much money do you think these owners have will lose by the time everything kind of goes back to normal compared to if they stay in san diego or you know that type of or stayed at la coliseum for the rams like you know you look at the chargers they played in a soccer complex they weren't even selling those games out and that's seated like eight thousand people yeah no they I, I remember anthony lynn made the joke that yeah no it's like oh covid nobody's gonna be at the games it's like nobody's at our games anyway so I don't know. I don't know how you how you get people to like enjoy the Chargers. I think their organization's just in a very bad, bad place. Yeah. I don't know what gets them out. Um, but I I I don't like again these moves from like Saint from LA to St. Louis and back. Like yes, it, it's a big it's a big risk, but the investment return usually in sports is astronomical. Right. And, I, yeah, one to two years right now. Like I wouldn't say it's a it's a you're going to get a lot of profit if you're the owner, but I, I think with how SoFi's built and they're growing like a, a district downtown as well, like near the stadium, I think it'll do well. It's just you need fans to care, and I don't know how many fans care in California about the Rams or the Chargers. Like I th- a lot of fair weather California people are like, oh, I love the Dodgers. No, you don't. It's just like the Dodgers are there. So I don't know how many people actually care about the Rams. Pro- probably not many. Yeah, I, w- well, I wouldn't assume. If many. you were an owner of a team right now, basketball, baseball, football, whatever, where would you expand or relocate? And if you had to relocate, what franchise would you move? Um, Man, I think moving – um, I don't know. I, I the first team that comes to mind is the Bengals. I would move them out of Cincinnati because I don't think Ohio needs two teams. Personally, I'd move. Where would them. you move them? Where would you move them? Fuck, I don't know. I haven't even thought that far. But I don't know. I I don't think Cincinnati and Cleveland need to be carrying teams. No, I I think we 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 go to Canada. Yeah, we'll we'll go to Vancouver or. Toronto will bring a team there. I think the NFL in Canada would be sick. It would be. Suck that Canadian CFL. football league. Stupid rules. Motion before the snap. Getting running starts. Only three downs. Yeah. And you can like, I don't even, dude, I, I've watched a couple games. Can't do it. Yeah, I know. Me too. And they're on the summers too. Like it, we every time we've taken a trip to Canada over the summer, they have the games on. And I'm like, this is so wrong. And their ESPN is called TSN. And it drives me insane. I'm yeah. like, I'll, like my brother one time asked somebody from the hotel that we were at, like, hey, what channel is ESPN on? Like the American one. And they're like, what's ESPN? You mean TSN? And he's like, oh, my God. Things are so backwards. But um, I think for me, I'd either move a baseball team like the Tampa Bay Rays out of Tampa Um, Because nobody goes to Tropicana. Like, if you see that stadium, it's seats on seats. Like, seats outweigh, like, the number of people that are there. Like, outnumber than, you know, people. But I would say Tampa to Nashville because they – like, you look at Vanderbilt. Like, they're so good at baseball. Like, I went to a Vanderbilt game once, and it was, like, packed. And I'm just like, I never want to go to a college baseball game again because this is the best it could ever get. 
Like it was just magic. And, you know, Dansby Swanson was on that team. Like they just had MLB guy after MLB guy. I think Nashville would be a fun baseball city. Um, and I think the other one is bringing a basketball team to Seattle. Um, you know, I kind of touched on that earlier. Oh yeah. Like, I didn't even think about that. It's like yeah. supersonics like need to come back. Those jerseys are sick. Like the way I look at it is it would be like upstarting the Cleveland Browns type of thing where like, it's a new Cle- like it's a new supersonic teams like the Browns were, but they're still the traditional supersonics. That's mm-hmm. what my thing would be. And make Nick Collison the GM, like just run it back like old, you know, Gary Payton head coach, like it would be magical in Seattle. KD comes back for one year before he retires. Like just bring all the old boys back. But um my final two things before we close this one out for you are what's your favorite Super Bowl memory? Oh, whether dude. it's whether it's being at a Super Bowl party with friends, whether it's an actual game memory, whatever. And what is your go-to number one food you have to have when you watch a Super Bowl? Okay, so <clears throat> I have a couple. So I went to a Super Bowl. So going to one was really cool and seeing it, like I'll never get like, I mean, obviously I was like nine or 10. I think I was 10. So, so cool. Wish I was 20. Um, but I, I really, I, the coolest moment, Outside of the, like the the first time I watched a Bears game was the Devin Hester kick six that uh-huh. I can I can like visually remember, and that was so sick. But the one play that I always go back to and I always say it, my one of my personal favorite Super Bowls was the the Steelers and the Cardinals. Yep, I loved 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 that game. Everything about it. Larry Fitz's touchdown in the fourth when he ran 85 trillion yards, just the beat Holmes everyone. Catch. Yeah. And then well, Roethlisberger comes oh. down and just th- throws that fucking dot in the corner to Santonio Holmes. And oh my God. I still and that that, Harrison touchdown. I still, dude. And yeah, and you you have the replay of the James Harrison touchdown, and it's Larry Fitz running on the sideline and he runs yeah. into Antoine Bethay. If Antoine Bethay isn't on the sideline white, James Harrison doesn't score that touchdown. Like it's that game could be so different. Nobody realizes yeah. that that if he's literally just a foot off. And it's a one score game. Yeah, that that game is my it, it it'll go down as one of my favorite football games ever. Like that it just had everything. That's it, one of my favorite ones. Everything. That's one of my favorite ones. I think the Seahawks Patriots game when Russell Wilson threw the interception just that was such an iconic moment because you're just like it's going to Marshawn like it's going to Marshawn like they're running it here and then he just drops back throws it and Malcolm Butler picks it off and then you the Patriots get the ball and I just never forget like them being so like I think Gronk scored a touchdown off of that or something something happened for them to get to that point there was something that went down but just I'll never forget Malcolm Butler getting that ball and just being stunned so that's one of them. I think David Tyree catch like that was just one of the craziest ones. But probably, you know, you said the Hester one. As a Bears fan, obviously, that's the only thing we can really celebrate um, from our lifetime of the Bears being in a Super Bowl. But I think the most iconic thing and most amazed, amazing like moment I ever saw was the Julian Edelman catch in the Falcons where, you know, Brady's just running it, like, you know, just trying to get a drive going, trying to get a drive. Like that was kind of a make or break moment in the game where like they couldn't have any slip ups and Edelman just catches it, drops it, catches it before it hits the ground. 
And that was just one. And that was just like the concentration and focus. It was the chemistry of Brady and Edelman. He's getting double teamed, whatever. And then he literally catches the ball, drops it. And like, if he would have dropped it, that would have been the highlight of the game. Basically like Edelman dropped to like the one catch you need to keep the drive going. Like, you know, you know, and then they'd be shifting the blame, whatever. But then he caught that like unbelievable play. What about food? What's your go-to food? Oh, I haven't. So man, I, I don't discriminate against food. Okay. I like anything. I do. I, I don't have like a, 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 a Super Bowl go to. How about like this? Anything. How about this? How about this? Favorite Super Bowl moment with friends? Like what's been like a highlight of watching a game with your buddies? Uh, I, I remember watching when I was it was when I was in seventh grade watching the Niners Ravens game and fucking power went out. And you're like, <laughs> Dude, there's no way like this is all a part of the plan. And sure enough, like Ravens came back and won. But like yeah. it was. Yeah, just to watch that. We were sitting there like, dude, is this like a part of it? Like, is this like the halftime show? Because it was going into the third quarter, I'm pretty sure. And it was just, <laughs> that was crazy. That was so crazy. And I remember like, that was when social media was first starting to grow. Yep. And I went on my phone and everyone was like freaking out yeah. about it. It was, that was, that was one of my like first moments where I like, it was really cool that and social media was all like, oh my God, watch the, watch the Ravens win. Or watch the Niners uh-huh. win or whatever. I'm like, yeah, this that that would be really NFL for them to win. <laughs> yeah. I would say for me, it was freshman year of college. We ended up getting B-dubs catered, like, to my buddy's apartment. It was, like, 20 of us or something, like, but something like that, like a bunch of people. And we had more food than people type of thing where everybody literally took stuff home because there was so much food. But it was the Rams-Patriots game. And I just remember it was such a boring game that it turned into a thing where people literally were coming up with other things to do. And it was just great because, like, we had this whole, like, watch set up, like, with couches, all this stuff. And, like, you honestly got to the point where you're like, shit, like, there's a Super Bowl going on right now. Like, it was one of those times where it wasn't the game. It was the moment of, like, there's a Super Bowl going on. And I'd rather be doing something else because this game's so boring. Like that was kind of just like one of the most interesting games I've ever like watched just because like you watched the game, but you really didn't care because it was just so boring. It was 13 to three. Like, you know, it was a Brady Belichick and they're not an electric offense in the Super Bowl. And it's the Rams. And like, it just was like not a fun watchable Super Bowl, but the atmosphere was a fun, you know what I mean? Like it was one mm-hmm. of those moments, but um. Final question before we wrap this thing up, unless you have anything else, is the NCAA or EA announced that there's going to be a college football game. They haven't named it NCAA, so my bad there. But there's news. Everybody's hyped about – everybody wants it to be two, three years already. Like, people just want to fast-forward time already because everybody's so hyped for that. If you could pick an Iowa cover athlete, whether it is right now or recruit your – pumped about that you think is going to be a stud who would you pick for football and then we'll do a basketball too well i think i really think davion nixon would be a badass cover for this year i think he if he had played a non-con like schedule in addition to what he did with the conference like he davion was putting up some insane numbers like he was he was arguably this is one of the best years for a d lineman yeah. Like interior guys since Sue. And that's saying a lot. So I think Nixon would be nuts. And then basketball. 
I think it, EA Sports College Basketball 22 or 23 will be Jack Nungy. Okay. I'm calling yeah, it. You're a big Jack, Jack Nungy guy. Jack, I'm a huge Jack Nungy guy. So I would say for football, a lot of people on Twitter were hyping up Tyler Goodson, which I get. But, like, for me, the running back position is just so boring at this point for a cover. I'm just kind of like, I love Goodson, but I just don't want him there. For me, I'd want to see Tyler Linderbaum. Such an Iowa oh, thing. Have, yeah. have a lineman on the cover. And of him just, like, blocking a Nebraska guy or Iowa State, like, just stuffing him. Like, that would yeah. be sick. And then for basketball, I'd want Luca doing the sky hook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, they put the logo, like, right under him, and it's just you just see his arm popping out with the hook. I think that would just be sick. It would be, like, a nice little throwback, too. Yeah. And it would have to be – I was thinking, like, what jersey? I was like, has to be the white on black. I was thinking about it. has to be the white on black because those are – like, he dominates with that jersey on. has to be the white with the black writing. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Do you have anything else to add? Anything you I want do to not. I'm, I'm just right now I'm looking at the Iowa game and they're fucking losing at half. Oh, really? What's the oh, score? Fuck. They're down by two to Indiana. Great. Jesus. Fuck. Fucking okay. Luca has two points. Okay. Well, that's why. Well, listen, guys, we did this pod. Probably was bad on us for doing it during the Iowa game because we would have been able to give some reactions afterward. But um, it's t- it's at halftime. It's 31-33. Um, Wieskamp has 15, which is a nice sight. Um, he's six for nine. But um, our bench is, like, awful. Like, everybody's nobody's made a shot except for free throws, which include Jack Nungy with two points and – Perkins with three, and he's three for four. Ulysses has already played, and yeah. Indi- Indiana is just scoring everywhere. Um, their whole team scoring buckets. So this will be a nice little teaser for the next pod later this week. We'll be able to give our reactions to see if there's an Iowa comeback, and we'll be able to talk about the current state of Iowa basketball going off of you know some recent wins and losses. Yeah. You got anything else? I'm good. I'm just ready for the games today, and I hope the Hawks come back. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I hope the Hawks come back, and I hope Brady gets absolutely shit-pumped tonight. Oh, um, I, hope Brady, <laughs> I hope Brady scores seven touchdowns in the game for seven rings. That's what I want to see. <laughs> that, that would be badass. That would be that, that would he would have to retire after that. He'd have and that's to retire. A, and that's tying the NFL record for touchdowns in the game. So it'd be beautiful. Yeah. Or th- you know what? I'm calling it Brady throws eight. Brady throws eight touchdowns. That's my hottest take of this pod. Brady throws eight. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, like Sam started the pod, if you haven't already, go ahead and download Good Pods. Go check out what we're listening to. See what your friends are listening to. Get some new podcasts to listen to as well. Uh, same as always. Not the same time, same place. We will see you guys later. <laughs>